0: You are listening to the Archery Maniacs Podcast.
1: This is Remy Warren. I am Rihanna Carey. My
0: name is Adam Foss.
1: This is Paul Tetford professional archer
0: hey everyone i'm christy titus and you are listening to archery maniac we cover everything archery from the hunting side to the tournament side with stories tips and tactics gear reviews and more
1: that, that helped my tuning game so much when
0: i made sure that all my arrows were square i'm just staring into his eyes blood's dripping off of its tines mud is everywhere the clarity these mavens offer is amazing i'm just like spider-man you know on this rock, you know, just laying there. <laughs> belly crawling
1: in there and I can barely fit in there and I can hear the cat growling at me. So I put my hand on his shoulder and pushed him and we just ran at this elephant.
0: In this episode, Kitten and Claremont and I dive into a suck fest. We discuss some of our most grueling hunts to date. I hope you enjoy the show. Do you have a story of an elk hunt or or maybe his deer hunt that was just like mm. brutally challenging whether it was a hunt itself or the pack out or or something along those lines
1: well you know the the hunt that comes to mind uh the most is a hunt that I did with my dad and it was a rifle hunt and it was back like right after um right after high school oh no it was actually I was during college my college years I came back and we had been hunting this area basically my whole life, like basically ever since I started um, hunting elk, we've been hunting this area. And, uh, we, you know, we stand on this ridge and bugle and um, down in the bottom, like dad dad would hear something. And like I told you, I, I never really – I never heard a bugle till I was much older and didn't think and thought, man, there's no such thing as elk in this county. Anyway. <laughs> Every every time Zach would stand on that ridge and he'd hear something in the bottom, he'd go, "Well, we're not going down there because we just there's just if we kill something down there, we'll never get it out." Well, one year in college, we came back, uh, went to that ridge, didn't have any luck, kind of up towards the top, and uh, Dad let a bugle out, and that was probably one of the first bugles I ever heard right there, and I heard him bugle and i was so stoked i was like (laughs) man i cannot uh, like let's go down there and get him and my dad gave me this look like are you nuts like we're not going down there we'll never get him out and uh, it was hot but it was really early and uh anyway long story short i talked him into it we went down there we went clear to the creek bottom and we killed this elk we killed this five-point elk and uh we got we got them all gutted and i would i mean we were stoked and uh, we headed, we got them all cut up, and we were like, okay, this is gonna take two packs. It, we're probably climbing, we're probably um, climbing out about three thousand feet. It was, it was a, uh, and through the alders, it was a nasty pack out. Um, so I have, yeah, it was, it was nasty, man. Uh, luckily, I was twenty, I was like twenty, twenty, or I think I was like twenty years old, and we're coming out of there. We're not smart enough. Like we didn't have any water, no food. Um, we're coming out of the bottom. I have like a hind quarter, a front shoulder, and a head. My dad's got like a hind quarter. We're climbing the, the this the face of this uh, uh, this hill through the alders, um, and we got and we're super dehydrated. Um, the sun's beating down on us, and uh, I remember at one point uh, I looked at my dad and I said, Dad. I, like, how you doing? Like, cause he, he, he was, he was pretty beat up. And he says, uh, and I don't know if, uh, if I'm going to be able to get out of here with this meat. And I, and I said, well, let's just try and make it up here to the shade. And then maybe you, you know, even if you have to dump the meat and so we can just make it to the truck, um, we'll, we'll get out of here. Made it up to the shade. We sat down for a little while, um, just rested and then uh, ended up actually, we ended up making it out. It took us a long time, but it, it was probably really the, the hardest part about it was that we had no food, no water, uh, we, and we had gone into a hole that my dad swore he would never go into. And uh, I think the, the reason that elk comes to mind is that it's uh, it was a very bonding experience with my dad. And anybody who's ever been through a really grueling, man, I don't know if we're going to make it out of here, um, um, experience with somebody, it's an instant bond, right? Like, oh, 100%. You know, instant. Like my dad and I still kind of like, we don't talk about it a lot, but when, when someone brings up like, oh, man, I ran out of water and we were, you know, him and I look at each other and be like, yeah, we've been there before and it sucks, you know? So uh-huh. it was It's that that was a really was a really tough pack, really tough pack. But uh, I would say, um, not the toughest pack. The toughest pack I've ever done in my life, Zach, was this last fall. No Um, kidding. And I don't, you know how? Okay, so here's 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 a for instance. My my toughest was this fall too. So I (laughs) was it really? Yeah, dead serious. Okay, so you know how you have these packouts, and like during it, you're just like, Man, this is a grind, and you're just like, you can't wait for this to get over. And you get done and go to and and you you're like when you get done, you're just like, Oh man, I'm so stoked to be done, and you get some food and water, and like the next day you're like, you know what? That wasn't as bad as I thought. Yeah, that wasn't I mean that wasn't that bad. You know what I'm saying? Like you're like, uh eh, it, it it was bad during the time but right now it doesn't seem like it was so bad. Yeah. You know what yeah. I you, you see what I'm getting at? Uh-huh. Where it's just like short-term memory. Like uh, it it wasn't that bad. This last this uh this last <laughs> fall my brother and I so my brother and I went to sheep hunt on sheep uh sheep hunting and we both killed rams at the same time. Oh and we were my 13. Gosh. Yeah, yeah. We were 13 miles as the crow flies to the airstrip oh, and we geez. had and we had and we had to be there in a day and a half like with our camp with our meat, with everything we had to be there on the airstrip in a day and a half we packed um we packed 22 hours straight like straight and yeah, through the dark smokes. and and it was it was raining all but the last seven hours so it rained for 20 <laughs> like of course and here's so to re- here here's 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 the here's the kicker you know like i said you know how you get done with that packing like oh, that wasn't so bad two days later my brother and i were talking about this pack out and we both agreed like it's too early to even talk about it like i don't i never want to go through that ever again that's how bad it was it was like it was so bad that i'm like yeah I don't ever want to do that again. Like that was, that was like, that was enough. I don't like, I don't want to pack out for 22 hours straight ever again. I don't ever <laughs> want to do that. Like, I don't want to put myself in a position where I have to pack out straight for 22 hours. Like, so that's how bad that pack was. It was just grueling. And of course it was, you know, I look at, I, back at it now and I'm like, number one, I'm, gr- I'm so glad I was with my brother. Because we really kept each other moving forward, and we kept things light, and we kind of ribbed each other when we needed to. And, um, and secondly, there was no way, period, I could have done that had I not trained year-round and trained hard for that exact hunt, that yeah. exact hunt. We, we, I don't know how I – Now mean we, we, we shot those sheep on day 10. So we had been humping all over the Brooks Mountain Range for 10 days. Then we shoot these sheep. And these, we, we stuffed a sheep in our pack each. Ryan's, was pro, Ryan's pack was probably, no kidding, probably 160 pounds. <laughs> Mine was probably 145, 150 pounds. And we had 13 miles to go in the pouring down rain. Headlamps oh and rain. Gosh. And we're walking in shin-deep water for most of the trip back. <gasps> Holy crap. Dude, it was, it was literally like walk 100 yards and fall down. And then roll over, get back up, walk 100 yards, and we called it the, uh, we called it the flop. Man, you ready to flop? Yep. Wham! And we just flopped down. <laughs> just soaked to the – yeah, it was crazy, man. It was crazy. So um, I'm, all, I'm all ears whenever I hear, yep, I had my hardest pack out. So I'd love to hear your pack.
0: Um, yeah, so so my pack out wasn't, wasn't as far – um, but the the temperature extremes were a little different. I had I had walked into this spot elk hunting, of course, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'm that guy uh, that <laughs> I'm that guy that if I was at your competition, I'd have tried taking all 200 pounds.
1: Of like, course you would. Of course you would.
0: Like there yeah. is no flipping way that I'm coming back and. Right. On top of that, I'm that exact same guy that when I go to the grocery store, it doesn't matter if I have five bags or five fifty. I'm figuring out how to take all of them at the same time. <laughs>
1: like, <laughs> dude, who does? Is there anybody out there? I'd love to take a poll. Is there anybody out there that like, oh, I'll just come back for that one sack? No, yeah. dude, you're putting that in your mouth. No, like, like, you're gonna I, stick stuff I, in I your do. Pockets. I like
0: put my arms out straight and I run them all the way up until they're like a handbag on my shoulder, and I just That's keep right. shoving them on there. And I can't even hardly get through the door, you know, but anyway, so
1: one trip, one one trip. trip.
0: It doesn't matter if I break the egg carton or not It's one freaking trip.
1: (laughs) That's right. I'm with you. I'm with you.
0: And so I get back in the spot and I had blocked out six days to be elk hunting. But for people that don't know me every so I work eight days straight and then I have six days off and every set of six days off, I see my son. So I basically have to either you know I I have Wednesday, Thursday and half of Friday without seeing my son and I see him Friday night, Saturday night, Friday, Saturday and Sunday, drop back off Sunday when it's school year. And so I basically had I was going to hunt all 6 days. And I got back in there and I said, "You know what? I have this ever since my son was born, I have not missed a single visitation even because of hunting." I said I've missed a single yep. one, and I said I, I'm not going to start now. So I was like, I better figure out how to get this done in the next day and a half because I'm out of here. I got I got to go see my boy. You know I haven't seen yeah. him in 12 days. I don't get to see him very often. So I get back in there, and it was a place that we'd hunted the year before. And the year before we were there, I don't know a week later or a week and a half later, just just enough to make the rut be kicked in the year before, not really kicked in this year. Um, <laughs> and anyways, uh, so I got in there that night. And woke up next morning, started hunting, saw a good bull, uh, had seen some bulls the night before, kind of more so just scouting that night before, though, um, you know, unless I saw a real good one that I wanted to go hunt. But next morning I saw a good one and uh, took out after him, got all the way down to the bottom of his hole, and I jumped a, a five-point, like, ten yards in front of me. And he goes yeah. crashing off through the trees, and I climb up out of this, and it's, and it's that thick buck brush stuff that – you guys are much more used to in, in the Washington area. Oh yeah. Um, you know, where, where you're like crawling on your hands and knees to get through it. And it just tries to rip your clothes off and you know, and
1: yeah, it's gross. Yeah, yeah.
0: It's terrible crap. And, and, uh, I'm just going around, I get over there, I couldn't find the, the big bull. So I'm just sitting up there and, uh, and it's already hot and it's like eight o'clock in the morning. And I'm just sitting there and sitting there and I'm like, you know, well, let's let's go down here and sit next to this water hole. I said, at least at least, you know, in the middle of the day if I'm just gonna be hanging out, maybe I got a chance of seeing something. And I'm sitting there and I get bored, so I walk back out, and on my way out I start glassing through the through that thick stuff when I had an opening I could actually see the other hillside and I start seeing elk. And they start filtering down to that water hole. So I just paralleled them on the opposite side and got over there and um, this, this raghorn. Um, and in Colorado, they have to either have four points or an eight inch eye guard. And, uh, oh, yeah, you know, so he's like standing in his wallow and I look down at it, and he's got like eight and a half to 10 inch eye guard. So it's like, well, he's a legal bull. I range him at like 53 yards and I'm trying to get my flipping camera set up. And as I'm trying to get my camera set up, he turns and starts looking right at me. Well, I'm, I'm just like, well, I guess I'll just lay the camera down and I'll just shoot this elk. So I lay it down, and right. draw back, and I just drill him, you know. And it was, it wasn't like, it wasn't like a perfect shot. It was a little low. Um, yeah. But it still zipped right through him and stuck it in the dirt in the wallow. And then a bigger bull that I didn't even know was there, which pisses me off because I shot the bigger bull. He comes running out of the trees and chases my bull out of the wallow. And I'm, like, scrambling oh, to geez. set up the camera, and I finally get the camera set up, and I I get the tail end of that. Like, he, the big bull jumps into the wall, and he's just a five-point, so it wasn't, like, a ton bigger. Yeah. And uh, my bull comes out, and then the big bull, I get all this on film. He chases my bull, and my bull just, like, kind of gets out there and stops. And he's just sitting there, like, you know, gosh, I don't feel very good, but I don't know what's going on, you know? Yeah, and, right. Uh, so I sneak up to about 60 yards and draw back and shoot and uh and uh like just hit his front leg and i'm like what the heck and i range him again he's still he's like 63 yards i'm like how did i just miss that bad so i draw back and i hit almost the exact same hole that i hit with the first arrow and he runs like 15 yards and lays down but he's still really alert so i'm like well i gotta sneak over and the the camera's rolling so i got the rest of this on film you know i'm like i gotta sneak over and try and shoot him again because he's still alert and i just i just don't like seeing him there you know yeah, yeah. So I get over there, and he jumps up and runs like 50 yards and lays down. And uh, so I'm like, okay, well, I'll just get up just close enough so I can see and I'll shoot him. And I draw back, and I shoot him, and it hits the edge of his shoulder blade, goes through his shoulder blade, and into his brisket. And he stands up. He's like 10 yards away, and he stands up, and he looks at me with two arrows already through him, a third arrow in him, and he's just staring at me. I was like, oh, my God, this thing is going to kill me right here, right now. I'm just <laughs> – and I'm just like – I don't have any arrows left. I only have a three-arrow quiver. I'm backing up, Ugh. just thinking to myself, "What am I going to do if he turns and charges me?" I said, "I, oh. I don't know. I just start running downhill." I <laughs> so I go back and find one of the arrows um, uh, that uh, that the arrow that I had shot him with in the wallow that blew all the way through him. I pull it out of the mud in the wallow. I run back up there and then I double lung shoot him, and he just, you know, he expires right there. So here I am um, about five and a half-ish miles in there because of the way that you have to work around private land, maybe six miles. Yeah. By myself, 90 degrees with an elk. <sighs>
1: And Here we you know,
0: go. You know, it's funny cuz that is the same thought that I that went through my head.
1: Was, was, was. Oh was man. Crap. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And
0: yeah. So, I'm like, okay, so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take the, this quarter and that quarter and I'm going to take it back to camp and then come back and get the rest. And I didn't have hardly any water. And uh so I take the quarters off of him, you know, both hind's fronts and the back straps tenderloins. Yep. And somehow I found all three of my broadheads. He had broke all three of my arrows, but I found all three broadhead, which is cool because I shoot very expensive broadheads. So that was awesome. Um, yeah. And I take them all down and I put them in the shade. And I get down there and I look over at uh, there's this like giant culvert that comes out of the ground because the 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 farmer or rancher nearby must have you know put the culvert in to help with that spring. And I remembered last year climbing in that culvert and getting water out of it and then purifying the water out of that instead. So I was like, man, I should go to see if there's anything in there. So I did, and luckily there's water in it. So after getting water in me um, and taking half the elk down there, I was up getting more elk, and here comes more elk, walking right by my camera, hanging elk legs. And yeah, it was crazy. So – I'm just sitting down there, and I'm like, I don't know if I can get this elk out of here in time to where the meat won't go bad just because it's so hot.
1: Yeah, right. So right. I'm like
0: trying to get cell phone service and all that kind of stuff to see if there's an outfitter that I can hire to come in and, and get the meat because last thing that you, any hunter wants is to spoil an animal. Right. I couldn't get a hold of anybody, so I boned out the entire elk, put the entire elk in my pack with the antlers and with whatever I had in my pack for that day and walked up, walked all the way around two miles to camp. Well, right, right to the edge of camp. I unloaded everything. I laid all the meat out on all my game bags so that it could cool overnight. Yeah. And I cut it up on the, on the muscle group so that, so that there wasn't any really super thick parts of meat. You know what I mean? So they could Mm -hmm. actually cool all the way through the middle and lucky – as luck would have it, it – there was a cold breeze that night blown over that mountaintop and it cooled my meat perfectly. Like I just got super lucky.
1: Yeah, Um, right, right.
0: So next morning I woke up. I packed up. I had enough food in there for six days. My tent, uh, but it was just a rain fly. My sleeping bag, my sleeping pad. I put – I moved the meat down to – uh, I moved camp down to the edge of the super steep hill came back, got all the meat, moved it down to the super steep hill and I'm sitting there and I'm looking down the hill. I mean this is like like a 45 degree slope like or 30 degree like super super steep and super steep. spots. Mm-hmm. and I'm looking at it and I was like, there's no way in hell I'm coming back up this <laughs> so, yeah right so I just lay my pack flat. I get my my extended cables. And I just start shoving camp anywhere that I can fit camp.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: now I have, uh, thank God it was a spike. That's why I told you at the beginning. Thank God I shot the spike, because if it was a mature bull, there's no way I could have done this.
1: Yeah right. right or or right. the raghorn,
0: it just wouldn't. They're, they're just they're just they're just enough bigger that it wouldn't have been possible. You know, they're they're a solid 80 pounds bigger, and it just wouldn't have been possible. Right. So now I have an entire raghorn bull. An entire camp and six days worth of food on my back, with water, with antlers, with my tripod, with my camera gear, with my bow, and I'm going wow. down this hill.
1: <laughs> Jeez,
0: man! I got down Jeez. this hill, and then it was just a gradual downhill all the way to like this water trough thing. And I said, okay, when I get to that water trough, I'm gonna take some of this off, and then it's a gradual uphill all the way to you get to the base is super steep and it's not very far it's just really steep you know what i mean yeah and it's just like the badlands you just literally go down like 500 feet walk through a little tiny flat and then up 500 feet go across the top right you know and so it's just a lot of up and down crap that just yeah you know and i was going to take a break at that water trough and i said there's no way in hell i said i'm just if i take a break i'd I'm going to end up leaving some of it, and then I might not come yep. back for it because it would be spoiled. I said, I'm just going to keep going. So I just kept yeah, going. Momentum. And, yeah, momentum. And it was like to the point where when I needed a break, I would lean over, and I would put my the frame of my pack on my walking sticks and just lean over like that and let my walking sticks take the weight.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I know exactly what you're that. talking about.
0: Yeah, like the, the death bend. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's right. That's
0: right. <laughs> and I finally got to the base of that steep hill, and that's when I did finally I, I broke them, you know, broke my my load up, carried it up over to, and and to the very end of a, <clears throat> another steep downhill, came back, got the rest, loaded everything back on again, dropped all the way down to the bottom. By this time, I'm out of water. I'm literally getting to where I'm like getting dizzy and seeing double.
1: <laughs> perfect. And perfect. I'm
0: like, I'm not stopping. I I'm like, I I don't have. I have like a mile left, you know. I'm like, yeah, uh, yeah. down this, and it's all downhill except for one uphill that's like, maybe maybe 200 feet uphill. Yeah, yeah. It's steep, but whatever. It's 200 feet. So it's and like, who cares, right? Yeah. On the other side of that is the car, like. <laughs> So I dropped down this super steep thing and there's, there's a wallow and, and, and there's a, there's a spring in the bottom and that just like saved my day because I, I unloaded my pack, um, filtered out some water right there. I buried one of my packs of meat in the mud. So it would stay cool. Took everything to the top of that last hill, came back, got my last thing of meat in the antlers got to the top of that last hill, loaded everything back on again, so everything again, and walked down the last hill to the car, which it was a Subaru Outback, and uh, put an entire elm with the sure. antlers with everything else in the Subaru Outback, and away we went.
1: <laughs> wow, man. How, what an adventure. Jeez Louise, man. And you were solo, huh? Yeah. Yeah, just solo. This thing, to you. T- tell that story i mean that's it's crazy a couple things come to mind one is how sometimes we can get caught off guard by actually being successful right you know what i mean like the whole idea is to go out kill an elk Uh and bring it back and yet somehow there's times when we can we can almost i don't know if getting caught off guard is the right word but like it can almost catch us by surprise like Oh, I just killed a silk and holy crap, I gotta get it out of here because it's hot and I, I'm gonna have to hurry in order to get the you know, get it out of here on time or whatever. And it's yeah. it's funny because you're like, Yeah, you, you didn't think about that before. <laughs> you know, like you could kind of and I you can kind hear of the, the
0: do, but you're just
1: you're it's do, but like, you're like an
0: afterthought. You know what I mean? It re- like, exactly. I go a, into a hunt because 'cause there's been times when I very, very, very first started backpack hunting. I would go into a hunt, and I'd be worried about getting the animal out, and it would hinder how far I would go in and how hard I would hunt. So I was like, you know what? No more doing that crap. I said you took the time off. You trained. You practiced. You did all the research to go into the spot. You're going in there. You don't worry about the out until you kill something.
1: Until you kill something.
0: And that's how I do it nowadays, and I just think mm -hmm. I'm just going to have to figure it out I guess.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, how about the how, how about this? How many times have you hunted with a guy? My, my uh, um, a guy that I hunt with was notorious for this. Leave the pack, but like this was before the backpacks were actually any good. We just had day packs, then we had pack frames, right? Uh-huh. Like just the external pack frames. Leave the pack frames in the truck, right? Go hunting. It's like, right, why don't we take the pack frames with us? Like, isn't the whole idea that we're like, isn't the idea to go out here and kill something? Like, let's at least take him with us and we can drop him Like if we hear an elk or so we don't have to, you know, have him on our back when we're trying to sneak in or whatever, but shouldn't we just notorious Zach for, aren't you going to bring your back frame? No, I'll come back and get it. Like, geez Louise, like we're planning on killing. Like you should plan on killing something. If it's 95 degrees out, and you're like, there's no way I can get an elk out of this spot and without the meat going bad, you should think about that and be like, you should always anticipate, right? You should always anticipate I'm going to kill something. And as soon as you know, there's just no way I can get the meat out. You shut her down. Be like, you know what? I could see a world's record bull elk right now, and I can't even shoot it because there's no way I can get it out. Um, Most guys, probably yourself included, would... Um, not shoot the bull and then figure it out. They, what they would do is as soon as it got warm enough, they'd be like, okay, there's a creek right here. This is what I would do. This is what I will do if yep. I kill a bull right now. Like yeah. ch- plans would change. You know what I mean? Plans would change. It would be like for most of the time, it's like I'm going to kill a bull and pack it out. Kill a bull and pack it out. Kill a bull and pack mm-hmm. and it out. Pretty sure.
0: Yeah, that, that's just tying into what you're saying. I didn't mean to cut you off, but that's like exactly what I do. Like on my way yep. in – I know that no matter what, my goal is to kill the animal I'm hunting. So I'm going to figure out how to get it out, you know? So on the way uh, yeah, in, I'm, right. I'm looking for like what you're talking about though. Like I'm looking for, you know, small wallows where I could put the, you know, put, cause I have waterproof game bags, you know? So I'm yep. looking for something like that or, or a really good shade tree or like that, that water hole that was a culvert, you know, I could, right. I could have stuck the meat in my game bags and dropped them in there and they'd have been. They'd have been good for at least a day for sure, you know. That's right. So that's right. I look for stuff like that the whole hunt. That way, when it comes time to the figuring it out part, is only it's basically figuring out like, hey, you're gonna have to have the grit to get this done, you know. what I yeah, mean? yeah,
1: that's right. That's right. And <clears throat> the second part that I was that I thought of when you were because man, I'm just like I'm reliving the that crazy pack out that I had, and I'm like, man, that sounds very similar. Where it's just like such a grind and every time you stand up you're like man how, how much further am i going to be able to make this and the whole idea of we're not coming back here that definitely crossed our mind we're like no matter how how pe- heavy this pack is we're not we're going to make this trip one time and that's it is um kind of if the uh, the stages you go through in a in a pack out like that where you you kind of go from like when you first when you first pack it up you're just like ah oh, i can do it like it might be heavy but i can do it you know like ah <laughs> uh, and then you kind of get broke down a little bit and you, and you get to the point where you have this man i don't know how like you just have to talk yourself into staying positive how oh, about man, that like 100%. just stay positive like just keep going you don't have anything to prove. You're not on the clock. you like, there's no race rest. Like, you can rest as much as you need the whole, like the, but at first you're like, ah, I can get this thing done. And you have these expectations. I'm going to get this thing out you're tonight. or what... hunt too. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and then, and then a little ways into it, you go from, I'm going to get this thing out. One shot. Like, oh, I'll just walk it out of here to suddenly. Okay. I'm not on a time clock. I'm just, the, Your priorities change from I'm going to get this thing out of here fast to I'm just going to get this thing out of here. Yeah. And then
0: your time frame hits. I got to get it out of here before it goes bad. But that doesn't have to be lightning quick.
1: (laughs) Right. Then you realize and then you get to the point like anyway, we did. We got to the point where it was just like you had to stay in the moment like you couldn't think about how far you had to go or you couldn't think about oh we need to go up and over this mountain you know this this you know we have to make this climb you had to just kind of stay right where you were and and not think about even the next like 10 minutes you you know what i'm saying like Uh i'm sure you were there where it's like you just you the you literally is, just
0: put it, your head down and look at the trail Yep. one step
1: yep, after another. The that's, it.
0: that's all you got.
1: Yeah, the Yeah. <laughs> the weight's pulling on the weight's pulling on your back. Your back <laughs> it's hurts. On everything. <laughs> your, your knee hurts. Like your your shoulder, your, you might have that point that point where you're like maybe a little concerned about, man, this is hurting a little bit more than I want it to hurt. But then you just kind of like, I'll just keep an eye on it. As long as it doesn't get worse, I'll be fine. You uh-huh. know, but you don't like Oh, my shoulder hurts. Oh, my back. Oh, my feet are wet. Oh, it's like you can't think of that stuff at all, right? You like you just got to, like you said, you put your head down, you think positively, you kind of make jokes in your head, and and you think about like just the next step, and that's it. Yep. You know. That's all
0: you got. You're just like one. Each step is getting me that much closer to being done.
1: That's right. And And you you, like you. you literally just like celebrate, like, hey, we're close. Every time we'd stop, we'd be like, man, well, we're closer than we were. Yep. And that's all you got, right? Like, that's all you can think about. You can't think about, oh, oh, when we get back, this is going to make such a good story because you're so far beyond that. You're just like, man, I just can't wait to get this thing out of here, right? And then you get to the point where you even can't even think about that. You can't even think about, I can't wait till it's out of here because then you're anticipating getting out of here. And then it, that you realize how much longer it's going to be before you're actually out. So then you have to like re, right. Then you have to rewind everything and just be like, I'm just glad that I'm physically able to continue to get out of here. And every time I take a step, I'm just like, yes, I'm closer now. Yes, I'm closer now. It's uh, it's, it's funny. The mind games you have to play with yourself in order to just kind of stay in the moment and stay positive, you know? Yep, and and so. I think
0: it's I think it takes like you said, you know, you're mentioning, uh, you know, if you're back in there and you see a great big bull and you don't think you can get him out, um, then you shouldn't shoot. And, and I agree with that. Like if any time whatsoever, you don't think you can get an animal out, you could you shouldn't shoot. And right. I guess when I go back into a spot like that, I'm of the mentality there's no way I'm not getting the animal out.
1: Right, it's not even an option.
0: Yeah, exactly, it's not even an option. Right. And and it's right. funny once. Once you're in that situation once, um, it's crazy the just the amount of things you, you learn that can you know to keep meat cool or, or whatever else. Um, like for instance, what I did where I where I took each muscle group apart so that it could actually cool rather than being sandwiched together. Still, like that was a huge huge plus for me because there's it wouldn't have cooled in the middle if I didn't do that. Right. You know, right. and it just.
1: Right. Spending that extra time and taking those muscle groups apart and yeah. it saved it saved it saved the meat. Like, and, right, as even, opposed to, and, yeah. and
0: another thing that I did that, that probably helped too is is, you know, taking like some of those great big giant chunks of fat that you end up trimming off when you when you butcher it anyways. And mm-hmm. I got rid of that stuff, you know, so it, it might not have been, you know, it wasn't like thirty pounds of it, but it, it might have been five or ten pounds you know, which is, which is oh awesome. man, huge.
1: <laughs> yeah. Right. Every ounce counts in the back country, buddy. Ounces, ounces turn into pounds oh, and man. you, you got you are, you are so right. It's, it's a unique experience. The whole, and you, I mean, you were solo, so that's a whole nother, I mean, that's a, a whole nother animal. It's a whole nother animal, but I think that um it just kind of plays into um, mental toughness, which is a whole nother rabbit hole. But we should. do a saying, podcast well, on that sometime. For sure, for be sure, cool. mental toughness I think be a because. Sweet one. Yeah, I'm super passionate about about mental toughness, and I and the, there is it's not that I have the answer. I have I have what I believe. I think that I, you know I have a theory on what creates mental toughness. If you're born with it, or if it's an environmental, um, if you can work on it. I'm 100 on the uh, on the train of you can make yourself mentally tougher. Uh You know, you you, you absolutely can. And without, without putting yourself through misery, you know what I mean? Like misery, you can just gradually become tougher. Yeah. So, um, and then you have to have some crucible, right? I think you just have to have some, I mean, at some point it really, yeah, yeah. I mean, you can get 80%, you can, you can get there 80% by training, yourself physically or whatever and then the last 20 percent has got to be some sort of like, like in you
0: yep I agree
1: yeah some yeah yeah it's just got to be you you either are of the it's in your nature to just never quit Yep. or it's or or it's not that's yep. just the fact that that's just the way it is you know so
0: so uh
1: um, so yeah it'd be, fun. Me it'd be fun you've got
0: to have another another pack out story
1: man th- th- so those two big packouts are probably the uh, the the biggest ones the uh, every time you sh- shoot a sheep in the mountains it's going you're going to have a uh, you're going to have a, a pack out story and mm-hmm. alaska just alaska and hunting and hunting elk or hunting uh, sheep in alaska just lends itself to inclement weather crazy terrain and heavy packs but um (laughs) it's just the way it is man it's just that that is that is hunting alaska the other but i would say my other probably hunting like pack out story is probably it's not necessarily a single pack but i i packed seven elk off of uh off of a single out of a single drainage one year when i was yeah i I just so happened that I was in on and with a party that we killed seven bull elk in one year. And so I packed out seven bull elk or was part of packing seven bull elk out of one drainage, um, one year. And one of those elk, we, we, uh, we went in for a second pack. So a buddy of mine and I went in, he ended up killing this elk and we packed, and I didn't, I didn't have a pack. I don't think I was wearing a pack. I was just up there because I, I wasn't hunting. I was just kind of with the group and I'm notorious for that, by the way, Zach, like, um, I, I'll go hunting, whether I have a tag or not. Like if someone says, Hey man, you want to go do, you know, an elk hunt? I'm yeah. always going to say, If I can, I'm going. If they're like, Oh, where's your bow? I'm like, I'm not, I'm not going to hunt. I'll call, I'll film I'll, I'll pack. Whatever. Just whatever. I'll yeah. do whatever. I just want to be here. Right. Yeah. Well, so this, this buddy of mine kills this elk, and, we, and I just throw a front shoulder over my shoulder, and we and I walk him out to the truck. Well, the second load, we bring three other guys, and we're like, okay, we're going to go back up there. We're going to get the rest of the meat, and we're going to pack it out. Well, so none of us had really crazy heavy loads, but come to find out, so it was one, two, three, four. There was five of us, and there wasn't a single flashlight, headlamp, <laughs> nothing between the five of us and we're just like what are we like literally like we're just a bunch of hillbillies like idiots out here like hoping for the moon to come out it was it was so dark zach that um if you put your hand close your eyes put your hand over your eyes and turn the lights out it was that dark it was so dark that night and we're walking downhill and um, you would hear it was hilarious because we're walking downhill and all of a sudden the front guy is like oh there's there's some opening and we're like and all we can do is hear him and uh, kind of see some shadows a little bit and he's like oh it's cliffed out over here we're gonna have to go around so we're like walking <laughs> trying not to walk up cliffs we finally get around and every here's the other hilarious part is every once in a while you would just hear this ugh And we're like, what? What? You all right? And like, yeah, I just walked into a tree, like (laughs) literally guys walking into a trees. We're like trying not to walk off cliffs, like just a bunch of fools up there with like we all have meat in our packs. Like we have probably 50, 60 pounds of meat in our pack. And we finally get down off this kind of cliffy area down on this flat and None of us have a GPS. This is quite a while ago. So none of us really have a GPS, but we have a pretty idea, good idea that the road's down here somewhere. And we walk and we walk and we walk and we walk. And we're like, the road, it's like probably two o'clock in the morning at this point. And finally, dude, and finally we hear this. We hear this car. We're like, hey, you hear that? You hear this car. And it's a, it, And then it gets louder and louder and louder. And then... Like it didn't take, it didn't have to get all the way to us, but dang near all the way to us. Before 50 yards down the hill, this car drives by, and we realize we've been walking like just off the the main road down there for probably like two or three miles. <laughs> parallel, so we're like parallel on the roads. So we're like, oh, no way, we okay. get. To- We get down there, hit the road, and of course at this point, people have like a couple of my buddies' wives have sent out search parties because you know this before cell phones or any of that. And uh, and so anyway, we get we get a uh, we get a ride and all that, but it was pretty it was it was pretty late. Up to that point, it was by far the latest I'd ever been out, and the dark like no headlamp. We, we were almost walking off class, walking into trees. It's two thirty in the morning. We're walking. Off. It's just, it was just kind of uh, just a funny. How about that? It was just kind of funny. Pack out. Just like, geez, yeah. I can't believe how how freaking <laughs> how how late it is and how crazy it is. Yeah. So ironically um, enough,
0: I used to not carry a headlamp. So it's funny. Oh, that I believe that's it. The Story that you brought up because I used to not carry when I was like, I don't, I don't need one. I'm just gonna let my eyes adjust and I'll just walk.
1: <laughs> yeah right yeah right until until there's no moon and it's cloudy and it's yeah. like you literally can't see your hand of your face it's it's crazy how far how much i've adapted in the, over the years as far as hunting techniques and head just just the way i go about hunting now i mean yeah. like like you said like packs have come so far and headlamps and gear just in general have just come so far i mean i started out hunting you know like i said and and snowsuits and then when i finally got my very first my very first piece of hunting gear was wool bibs and i was just stoked because like <laughs> i had these wool bibs that like would stay warm no matter if they were wet or not you know mm-hmm. um and the packs i mean think about this think about how far gear like oh, just insane. hunting hunting clothes rain gear um packs bows um packs,
0: it's funny. rain's like what you said about, you know, when you leave your packs at the truck. I have that argument yeah. with myself almost every time I go hunting whether to take a frame pack or a day pack.
1: Yeah. And yeah.
0: now I just figure out how to make my frame pack into my day pack, whether I use more straps to compress it or whatever. I don't care cuz I'm like, why in the heck would I walk 4 miles in there, shoot an animal and then not have my frame pack to bring it back out? That's just stupid.
1: <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. And you're right. And the nice part is, is that nowadays you can actually get packs that oh, they are so both. They're, they're yeah. so
0: nice nowadays. That So many, and not just one brand. I mean, there's so many nice brands out there nowadays.
1: Yeah. yeah absolutely. I mean, you, you, and there's a, wide, there's a wide range of pricing even. Like you yep. can get a pretty decent pack for a pretty decent price that can that can uh, play your day pack and your frame pack. Yep. I mean, it's... It's it's just a matter of how much money you want to spend, but there's no excuse for you to be packing around like a book bag during the day and leaving your pack (laughs) your pack frame (laughs) in the truck like we used to man oh yeah for years for years exactly Uh, well I mean mean, look do you remember the first rangefinders they were just like they were giant. Right.
0: It, not only just giant. My first rain finder. It had two pictures, and you ran the dial until the two pictures of whatever you're looking at lined up, and that's how far away it was.
1: Holy cow, that's crazy, Zach. Like, um, <laughs> that's crazy. How old are you, man? Like, how old are you? <laughs> I'm 26. Good night. Like, did you get this from your great-grandfather? Is this a hand-me-down or something? No,
0: I ordered it from
1: Cabela's, man. Did you really? Yeah. Did you really? That's wild. That is wild. Like, I thought the first rangefinder I had was ancient, but it wasn't that ancient. I got the cheapest one that they
0: had because I was like, you know what? Yeah. I just need to get better at at judging yardages. These rangefinders, oh, right. you don't need them. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you know what's funny is you say that because that's what the first rangefinders like everybody I knew that had a rangefinder, nobody hunted with them. They just used it to try and get better at like the, yeah. guessing. Like they'd look instead of stepping it out, they would just like look at something and then they'd pull up this thing and it looked very similar to like a a, a pair of binoculars, but it only had one hole to look through. Yeah. Right, and then (laughs) you and then you'd click this button a hundred times until it actually read it. And
0: not me, man. I'm spinning a a dial.
1: (laughs) You're spinning a dial until the images come together. That is so crazy, buddy. (laughs) Jeez, that's nuts. So so yeah, man. We're we're living in a very amazing time. That's the other thing that I that really comes across like was huge in my uh, in my mental battle. In any of my packouts, but especially this last sheet packout, was just like how lucky we are to live in the time we have, and how lucky I was to have the pack I had, and the shoes I had, and the gear I had, and like basically I was telling myself to just you know stop feeling sorry for yourself, man, because this is like you're lucky to to even be able to visit. number one be able to physically be able to be here. Two, you're in Alaska, like you know people you know how many people right now in as 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 miserable as it may seem right this very moment how many people would switch places with you right now yep. they would be you know one thirty in the morning being rained on in headlamps in grizzly country in knee deep water in alaska like people would trade places with you right now and i'm like yeah, yeah. like this is like you just got to that's part of it is the gear and everything else i'm like man i'm so we're so lucky to live when we do yeah you know no so yeah, it's kidding, it's, it's cool it's it's pretty cool. I I feel pretty blessed to be able to, you know, just have the ability to go out and 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 hunt the way we can hunt and have the gear and the packs and the boots and you know, but I would encu- I would tell your listeners like if you're like, "Oh man, I just I would do it, but I just don't have good enough boots or a good enough pack or good to forget about it. Like people have been doing it for hundreds of years that had weight that, that they just put on some wool and some, and went out and got it done. Don't yeah. wait for, don't spend money on gear, spend money on tags. That's, yep. that's, that's the way to do it. Go out and get it done. Yep.
0: Yeah. I think mm-hmm. the only time it's time to start spending money on gears once you realize that you want it to be your lifestyle, you know? And yeah. Then, yeah. Then, like, then it's important. But I mean, if you're interested in something like this, even train to hunt, you know, if you're invested yep. in it, I would be willing to bet if you don't have a frame pack and you show up to train to hunt, I would almost guarantee you somebody there would let you borrow their, their, their stuff so that you could do it when they're not using it.
1: 100%. Exactly. 100%. Just if you, if you're, if you yep if you're only exactly just go, Even if hunting, you're only just go, just go do it. <laughs> just go, just go. Yeah. If you don't have the first idea what you're doing, like. Call me just up and i help out. you. Just go. Yeah, like, exactly. I would love to help you. Exactly. I, <laughs> come yeah, come yeah. Come to a challenge. I'll guarantee you. you'll have you'll have a hundred people just, just can't want wait to, help, to help, you. help you out. Yeah. Yeah. They can't wait to give you advice and tell you what to do and what they did and how they started and you know, because everybody has that story, Zach. Everybody has a oh, this is how I started, or this you know? is how, you know, this is the first Elcon I went on, or man, I I went solo or I whatever it yeah, might that's be. That's why I try people. To-
0: open my podcast with that because everyone started so differently <laughs> and, sure. and I, and yeah, I want everybody. someone that's brand new I want them to listen to all the various ways that all these people that now love it have started because it might maybe it'll spark something in them so that so that they'll go do it you know
1: yep yep and start I mean if you, here's the thing there's no excuse not to do it if you have a passion or even an interest or a curiosity about what it's like to go out and, and do any kind of hunting Go out and do it, even if you're scared to like be, get lost, or scared of the dark, or scared of like, or nervous about. It's not about, that bad <laughs> when you get lost, I promise. <laughs> whatever, it's, it's really not. It's really not. So get it, so you know, go out and just get off the road just far enough to where you know where the road's at. Just go out there and sit down. Just go out there, sit down, and listen and look and see, you know, and then walk straight back to your truck and get in your truck. And I guarantee you, it'll change you. If you just if you just went out. In the middle, you know, in some wilderness area or whatever, parked and walked a mile off the road, straight up this trail, wandered off the trail, maybe 200 yards, sat down. If all you saw were other people walking on that trail, but they didn't see you, it'll change you. Yep. Because you'll you'll be like, you'll you'll just it'll be different. You'll be like, <laughs> I I totally saw those people and they totally didn't see me. Yep. If that's all that happens. It'll change you, and then you'll go back to your car and go. You know what? It'll be cool if I can go out there and see a deer that doesn't see me, or just see a deer. So, there's no excuse. If you, you know what I'm saying? Like if you, if you're interested in the outdoors, if you're interested in hunting, just go out and get, just give it a shot. If nobody else around you is willing to do it, I, if you don't know a single person is willing that knows the first thing about hunting or isn't willing to help you. For sure, without a doubt, spend a hundred dollars, come to a train hunt challenge, and I guarantee you'll meet fifty people that are willing to help you. Guaranteed.
0: Yep. So. Yep. Well, Kitten, I seriously appreciate you hopping on the podcast. Um, yeah. A blast chatting with you and getting to know you. Um, I look forward to having you back on in the future and talking mental toughness, more more fun yeah. backouts, and and more hunting stories. Whatever else we talk about, because it it was good. It really yeah. was.
1: Yeah. Well, hey, it's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure just talking with you, Zach, and, you know, that's amazing. Again, technology, right? Yep. You can get to know somebody and, like, have a two-hour conversation with them, and, like, you're just like, all right, yeah, this guy's I, – I dig this guy. He's one of us. You know, like, yeah. it's it's what awesome. It, so like, it's,
0: it's funny. Yeah. Like, just over the phone or, or, I guess, Skype, literally just talking to you, it's like I I could, I could spend, you know, a week in camp with that guy and go hunting.
1: Yeah, right, you know? right, right. Yeah, I could I share a campfire with this guy. He'd be all right. You know? Yeah, yeah. As long as he yeah. doesn't smell too bad or something. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. He's all right. Yeah. Or like yeah. The so shit yeah, it's
0: it's been. In the tent.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, get like, some weird cork that you're like, dude, this guy walks around camp naked, but I, I can't deal with that. But yeah, it's been a pleasure, man. I look forward to jumping on another podcast with you. And, uh, and, um, yeah, if you're, if, you know what, if you're, if your listeners want, I mean, definitely jump jump on to uh train to hunt.com, click the events tab. The other thing that, and, and you can find an event nearest you. I mean, we, we're in New York, Pennsylvania, Wyoming, Colorado, Wisconsin, all out West, Wyoming, you know, Montana, Idaho, you know, we we're in 11 different states. So. Chances are you're going to be able to find one that's close. Yep. Um, the other thing that – you know what, Zach, that I don't do a ton of because most podcasts, people just want to hear about the challenge is that I really want to do a better job of informing audience people about their training options at traintohunt.com. We first – we were first a training site. Like we wanted to train people to get ready for hunting for hunting. We have – we have everything from you could hire a personal coach that will walk you through like go over your goals, go over your limitations, go over like what equipment you have, what your lifestyle is, and they will design a program for you, you know, around your life, around your equipment, around what you have available, around your goals and your passions. Like right? um, and it's we're talking about 150 bucks a month. So for they'll give you that a whole month of training check in with you. How's things going? Where, you know, where are you running into walls? They'll give you some nutrition advice for 150 bucks for a month. That's, I mean, anybody that's ever got a personal trainer or even looked into it, that's a great deal. And I think that anybody who's just like really, really fresh to training or fitness or really considering a, a healthy lifestyle change, that's the way to go is like, get some, get a professional to really run, run it down for you. If you're like me, this would be be my option is I'm just looking for a training program because I get even I get tired of like having to come up with my own workouts. It's like, okay, you you know how you just kind of get in that rut, Zach, where it's just like, man, I've been doing the same workouts for so long. Like it would be nice to just get something else done. So and what most people will do is they'll go online and they'll go to, you know crossfit or they'll go to something and they'll just get you know or a magazine or whatever Does it, do people even read magazines anymore but they'll anyway they'll get on lo- they'll get online and they'll just find a workout uh-huh um what we offer are like everything from 16 week to eight week training programs like if you want a kettlebell an eight week training uh program just using kettlebells, we got that. If you want a strength training program, like hey, I mean, right now I'm just it's the off season. It's really popular right now that people are just coming out of of hunting season. I just want to get stronger right now. Like that's where I want to be. I want to try and increase my leg strength, my you know upper body strength. We have that program. If you're looking for Strictly, I like a mountain hunter. Like I just want to get my legs, my lungs, my pack. I want to be able to shoot during my workouts. That's the kind of workout I'm looking for. We have a a program that you can buy for that. And so, we call them our one-click programs. We have one-click programs. We have personal coaching. And then uh, pretty soon we're gonna actually have. This is something that first time I've I've mentioned it on air. Pretty soon we're gonna have a members' a club that you can join for it'd be 10 bucks a month or a hundred bucks for the year where we're going to actually send you workouts in your email box every single day. Like here's a workout, here's a workout. And all these workouts are going to be, um, designed around periodization, meaning you're going to be training for like, say six to eight weeks. And then you're going to have a deload week of like of, you know, seven to 10 days where, you know, you just kind of back off a little bit, let everything heal up and then we'll ramp it up a little bit. And we'll do maybe another block of training, um, maybe emphasizing on, you know, on strength. And then we're going to deload and then we'll do another block of training, maybe emphasizing on, um, more, you know, uh, legs and lungs. But every single day when you open your email, you'll get an email from train to hunt that says, here's the workout of the day. That's awesome. And I think, It'll be cool. You know, for a hundred bucks for a year to get three hundred and sixty-five days worth of workouts and then nutrition advice and we're gonna throw some little things in there for like gear tips and everything else. Um, that's that's right around the corner. So train to hunt is more than just an event. That's I guess what I wanted to express was that we're more than just the train we're we're more than just the train to hunt challenge. We're we're there for all of your fitness needs fitness and health needs and we're going to get better at nutrition stuff we're going to get better at i'm actually looking at trying to get a nutritionist on staff so people that if you have like man i I have my workouts dialed but i really need some advice on my nutrition you can get that person as well so yeah train to hunt.com check it out um yeah zach it's been awesome
0: yeah i i agree thanks a bunch you bet buddy Thank you for tuning into the show. It means a lot to us. But seriously, though, I really appreciate your ear. And it would mean the world to me if you would rate our podcast. If you didn't like it, one star it. But if you did, a five is even better. Don't forget to comment, like, share, and hit that subscribe button. Thanks again for tuning into the show. Some other podcasts that you should definitely check out are. Eastman Elevating with Bride and Barney. And Hunt, Harvest Health with Ryan and Hillary Lampers.
1: And a special thanks to... Maven Optics, Six Sight Gear, Dark Energy Tech, Shield Mountain Outdoors, The Outdoor Insiders, Iron Mind Hunting, Valkyrie Archery, and Gannett Ridge Sporting Equipment.